0: Merry Christmas. I promised I'd wear the new suit, so here it is. I know you're clapping for Alice, that's fine. All right. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 9 For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. And then Luke 2. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. So the title of the message this afternoon is the gift A peace. So I grew up in a family. My mom and dad made Christmas very special. I have five siblings, the four older ones. Then there was one that was miscarried. And then Jimmy and I were the bottom two. And we were crazy about Christmas. We love the tree. We love the lights. We love the the music and the singing and the specials and there was nothing that we didn't love the gifts oh my we were insane about gifts my mom and dad would take us christmas caroling and i remember going from house to house singing carols and just wondering what what does this mean what do these songs mean I remember distinctly one Christmas, I don't know, it's probably a couple days before Christmas, oftentimes mom and dad and the older four would go out and Jimmy and I would be at home alone. And we we could be worst enemies, but we could also be best friends. And I remember one, it was right around Christmas, we got all the lights off, just the tree on, and we started singing Christmas carols. And we did Silent Night and I felt a presence. And I just, there, there is something more to this. There's something, I don't think I could have used the word holy, but there was something different. There was a difference between singing O Holy Night and Jingle Bells. There was a difference between Frosty and Rudolph and when we would watch a Charlie Brown Christmas and Linus would get up there as the shepherd and quote Luke 2 out of the King James. I didn't know what it meant, but I knew there was something, there was something very different, something very holy that was happening on Christmas. I mean, I knew Jesus was born, but I didn't understand why. Why is this Such a big deal. So here's point one you can't appreciate a gift if you don't know why you need it. So, one of our things, we like to have a ton of presents under the tree. So, even though we had all of these siblings, everybody got a gift for everybody. Okay, so there's just mountains of presents under the tree. And my mom had taught us, it doesn't matter what the gift is, you say thank you. Well, Jimmy and I were insane about gifts. We, couldn't, we would rattle them, we'd shake them, we'd ha- we knew exactly which ones were ours. And, and mom was handing out the gifts and she, she handed them out in the wrong order one year. And Jimmy and I are opening up Denise's gift and it's all of these D batteries. <laughs> and we have been so excited about this gift. We just rip it open. And, and then all I can think of is my mom. You say thank you. You don't, get, you don't care what it is. You say thank you. I have no idea why I would want these batteries. <laughs> thank you, Denise. She's like, Tommy, Tommy, that's the... It's the wrong order. You needed to open Katie's first. So they get Katie's over there and Katie's was this really cool, I can't remember if it was like battery operated boxers or battery operated race cars or something, but all of those batteries make sense once you get the other toy that has to have batteries. And so they were supposed to go together and, and so, but you couldn't really appreciate the batteries if you didn't know what they were, were for. I think everybody appreciates Jesus' birth and that he came to this earth and whatever that means. But you can't really understand what the gift is if you don't realize the need. This is a hard one for the human race. It takes a lot of courage to see what the need is. See, the problem today in our world is not Putin, it's not China. It's not your boss. It's not your spouse. It's not your children. It's not your parents. Here's the problem. You. There is something absolutely insidious in the human race called sin. Jesus came to take away our sins. This is why Jesus came. This is why he was born into the world. The reason why we're, we're losing track of that today, well, th- there, there's a couple reasons. Um, one is uh, Proverbs 16.2. All the ways of a, of a man seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. We judge ourselves by our intention, and we can justify almost anything. And, but God sees through all of our justifications for what we do, and he sees the motive behind what we do. And a lot of times the things that seem like loving things are really self-preservation. We're doing that because we want them to like us. We we don't want to disappoint them. There's just lots of reasons why we do stuff that are not apparent to everyone else. But they can't help but be apparent to God. Hebrews 4.13 says this it says that nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight, everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him to whom we must give an account. You can impress me, but you can't, you can't impress God. He sees the whole picture. He sees everything's laid, he can't help it. We see the outside, God sees our hearts. He knows what we are, what we do. Now, here's where it becomes very, very problematic. God is holy beyond anything that you and I could ever imagine. His throne is founded on justice and righteousness. So for God, every sin against perfect love has to be punished. There has to be a punishment. For every single sin against his love. It upholds his throne. It upholds his holiness. It is who he is. And so we think of ourselves as good people. But we're using the backdrop of human behavior. But, But compared to other humans, oftentimes it's not even that we think we're that good. It's just that we're no worse than anybody else. So we must be okay. I'm okay. You're okay. But God doesn't measure us against the backdrop of other human beings' behavior. He he measures us against the backdrop of his own holiness. That's why it says in Isaiah 64, that even our righteous acts are as filthy rags to him. So we we don't match with God, but this did not separate us from his love. It separated us from his presence, but it never separated us from his love. And God said, hundreds of years beforehand, I've I've made a plan. And here's what the plan looks like. It says in Isaiah 9, verse 2, that there's deep darkness upon the earth. People are walking in deep darkness, and a bright light is going to come and break into the darkness. We find out what the light is that's going to break into the deep darkness of humanity in verse 6. For unto us, a child is born. A son is given. God's plan is, is going to be around a baby that's going to be born. Isaiah gives that prophecy in 700 BC. The hope of humanity is coming. The darkness is still increasing, but there is hope coming. And the hope is this one that is going to be born as a baby. And his name He is going to be wonderful counselor, everlasting father, prince of peace, mighty God. And upon his shoulders, the government will rest. So here is the price of the gift of peace. Jesus was born to die. He was not born. God did not appear on earth to teach us. God could have used prophets to teach. He had been using prophecy. God didn't appear on earth to give a good example. There are all kinds of great examples in the Old Testament. God could have given other examples. The only reason why God appeared on earth in flesh was because we needed a sacrifice for our sins, and no human being could give it because all of us fall short of the glory of God. All of us had sinned. God needed to punish sin, and the only way it could work is if he himself came down. This is is what it says in Romans 5.8. It says that God demonstrates his love for for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The shepherds that come they are not ordinary shepherds. These are the Levitical shepherds. They are not raising sheep for wool. They are raising sheep for sacrifice. These, this is Bethlehem's very close to Jerusalem. They, they, had to, they had to sacrifice over a million lambs on Passover. And every one of those lambs raised to be sacrificed was pointing to this one that was born, the shepherds come, it is a holy night. This is the one born, God in flesh, why? Because you have to have a lamb without blemish. You have to have somebody that's never sinned, that will never sin, not just outwardly, but from the heart. This one has to be perfect. So Jesus comes, fully man, fully God, so that your sins and my sins Could be fully punished in the holiness of God. So that forgiveness today could be offered, not unjustly, but on the basis of faith in Christ. So when he says that he's coming to all people, this is gonna be for everybody good news of great joy. For to you, and he's speaking to the shepherds, to you, a Savior has been born who is the Lord. He is born for everyone, and he is born for you. This is intensely personal. Christmas has to become very, very personal. God loves you. The one who knows you the best loves you the most, and there is a gift under the tree that has your name on it. But you have to open it. Here's why. The gift of peace, peace with God, is only available in Christ. Let me just read a couple scriptures. We're almost done. Isaiah 53, verse 7. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Here's here's Romans chapter four. He was delivered over to death for our sins, and he was raised to life for our justification. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, there's peace with God nowhere else. God himself had to come. This is how deep our sin problem was. He had to take our sin so that we could be at peace. This is why he came. This is what he wants. God is offering the gift of peace to the human race, to everybody, it's open to everybody, but it's personally, and you've got to open your gift. You've been at a gift exchange before. There's something God wants from you before He gives you what He wants you to have. He, he wants your honesty. Psalm 51 verse six says, "I desire truth in the innermost part." God's, God knows what's going on the inside. It, 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 here's the tempting thing to do, is be in church and be religious. Be in church and just do what everybody else wants to do, or say a prayer that means nothing to you. He desires truth in the innermost part. You just gotta get honest with God. You gotta look at your own soul, and you've gotta see that you are in trouble without Jesus. You need to see that. You need to see that the idea of you getting punished for all of your sins is really bad. I mean, just really bad. And that he came to offer peace to us. But that peace is in Christ. So we give him our honesty and we give him our repentance. We, we say, God, I want to, I, I want what you have. I've been living without you. I've been living with you at arm's length. I want what you have. I want to go the way you want me to go. You give him that and he's got a gift for you. The first, first gift, stunning, is forgiveness of sins, where his blood washes away. You are not defined by your sins. You're not defined by your mistakes. You're not defined by your addiction or your failure. You are defined by his forgiveness. I am forgiven. I've, I'm broken, but I am forgiven. And I, I, he, secure, he washes away the past, and he secures your future. You, get, you, he, you, get, uh, you confirm your reservation for heaven. That's, that's his gift to you. The, the, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But he does something else. This is really important. John 1, 12. I think 11 is important too. He came to his own and his own received him. Now, most people just say no for whatever reason. But to those who say yes, to those who receive him, to them, he gives the power to become the children of God, not born of man, but born of God. It's probably around 1914. The Model T has just come out, the car for everybody. Everybody can have a car now. The guy comes out, and he looks at it, and he comes to the car dealer. He sees the chrome. He touches the leather. He sits in it. The steering is beautiful. He kicks the tires. He says, how much? And he, he gives him the cash or coin or whatever it is to pay for the Model T. And then he hooks it up to his horse. And the car dealer says, sir, you don't understand the Model T comes with its own engine. Christianity comes with its own engine. You don't hook it up to willpower. You don't hook it up to your, your great logic or your great intelligence. Christianity has its own engine. Philippians 2.13, 2, it is God at work within you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. This is about a relationship. He doesn't just give you forgiveness. He gives you himself. And it, it is a new beginning where he empowers you. It turns out that everyone here, how, we're all beautiful in God's sight. We're all loved by God. But we were all created to have batteries. We're all created. We don't work right without intimacy with God. Where his life is in us, Flowing in us, working in us, that truly changes us and it changes the whole world. So here's how we're going to do the The gift gift. of peace.